This episode is brought to you by Scrumptious Wicks, hand-poured soy candles with unique scents inspired by food, family, and South Asian culture. You're listening to The Self-Worth Edit, the podcast inspiring South Asian women and beyond to quit playing small and start trusting the power and wisdom within. Join me, Noshin, on Mondays as I share insightful conversations, tips for healthier ways of thinking, and lessons in healing our relationships with ourselves. Thanks for tuning in to the Self-Worth Edit. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Today's episode is about learning to enjoy being alone and in your own company. This can mean taking time to yourself away from a partner or loved ones or roommates to spend some time by yourself. It can mean being single. It can mean living alone. For me, I'm really going to focus on the last two, living alone, single, because that is my situation. But throughout this episode, I'm going to share some tips that I believe anyone who wants to develop a better relationship with their self to be able to spend time in their own company, happily, can learn from. If you're looking for things to do or ways to spend time with yourself, I've made you a list of 50 plus things to do to enjoy your own company. You can download that at selfworthedit.com slash alone time. And that link is in the show notes as well. So you can simply click through from there. Just a brief update on me and things that have been going on in my life. You know, not too much has changed over here. I've just been working on a lot. As you know, I have a full-time job. I also have this podcast. I have a few other learning courses I'm in, and it sounds like my grad school program may be picking back up in a bit. So definitely keeping busy, which honestly does help keep me sane and fulfilled um, most days. But of course, taking plenty of time to reflect and be alone with myself. I'm still largely sheltering in place. I don't know about the rest of you out there. I have yet to eat at a restaurant. It's been, you know, since February or March now. I took the public transport system once to go visit my sister recently. I took the bus and for someone living in Chicago without a car, It's quite unusual to go that long without taking the public transportation system, but I am still working on being as cautious as I can. Of course, I'm grateful to be able to spend time taking walks with friends in my neighborhood and spending some time with family, but that's my situation. I'm still very much in the thick of things in terms of spending time alone with myself. And truly, I have come to love being in my own company more and more. And so that is part of the inspiration behind this episode. So let's get into it. A little background and maybe more of a refresh for you, but I decided in the process of my divorce that I was going to next find a place of my own and live alone and build my own life. And I had never really lived truly alone, meaning without roommates and meaning while single. Yes, I had my own place, my own temporary place for a while, but I was always in a relationship while quote unquote living alone. So it didn't really feel, you know, you either have the other person in your space or you're in the other person's space a lot. So this time I am completely on my own 
in my apartment, no roommate, no partner, no family, just me, myself, and I. Now, even before the pandemic, this made me nervous. The prospect of living alone made me nervous, and it also felt like the only option. Because I understood I am no longer seeking temporary living situations where, oh, let me live at home with my parents until I get married, or let me crash with roommates until I move or get married, or even let me rent a studio apartment until my situation changes to something else. I realized and I stepped into the fact that I am in a different phase of my life and I needed my own space. I needed to be able to really build a home for myself that reflects my path and who I currently am in my life rather than waiting for some different kind of situation to ground myself in my present reality. And for me, really embracing my adulthood singledom, pursuing my financial and career-focused goals and passion project goals, embracing, you know, everything that I am, the embodiment of who I am, I knew that the next step for me was it's time to live alone. The other way I knew it was time for me to truly live alone, no roommates, no distractions, is because it terrified me. If you tuned in about an episode ago, I talked about what it feels like to feel the fear and do it anyway, and the importance of facing our fears head on. The fact that I sensed fear in myself at the thought of living alone, being in my own company, not having anyone in the other room, told me that this was an area I needed to focus on and heal and up-level, and becoming comfortable with it became a goal of mine and something I needed to do for myself. There were a few reasons I was scared of living alone. One of them, if I'm being honest, since I was a kid, I've had this fear of the supernatural. I'm pleased to say that actually living alone, I feel that fear has gone down. So I'm not quite sure what that's about. If you're a psychologist, have at it and let me know what's going on there. But that was one of my biggest fears. I don't necessarily need or even want someone around me constantly, you know, interacting with me or entertaining me, but I always felt the need to have someone around or at least in the other room, especially when I went to bed at night in the dark because of this fear. And then, of course, I was worried about feeling lonely and becoming isolated. And this was even pre-pandemic, right? Both from my friends and from my family. And aside from living alone, I'm also one of the only single people in both my group of friends and in my family. So there becomes this sense of really being alone, you know, and early on when I would go to family gatherings and go home, I would be hyper aware of the fact that everyone is going home with a companion and I am going home alone. and. I would challenge myself to reframe that and focus on the positives of it. And they came pretty easily. You know, once you start thinking of the pros of being alone, or they did for me, you know, after doing some work. And so now I'm able to find peace and joy and relief from that. But that was a fear of mine. And the realization that I would truly, the realization and the responsibility that I would truly be independent with only myself to rely on 
for day-to-day tasks, everything from shopping for groceries to building my furniture to whatever it is. Now, this doesn't mean that I don't have friends and family that I can tap, you know, to come help me with things. They are more than willing and ready. But it is different from what I had imagined my life would look like right now, right? And it is different from having a partner nearby or someone who doesn't necessarily have their own commitments to other people in the same way, if that's making sense, as someone, you know, were I in a relationship or had a roommate who would, I would be a bigger part of their day-to-day lives, right? And I've always been pretty independent. I have no problem, thankfully, you know, taking care of myself. And I do gain a sense of feeling empowered from doing that. And at the same time, we've all seen, and if you haven't, please go watch it, the Sex in the City movie and the part in there where Miranda one day is like choking on a piece of chicken and has this realization after she self-heimlicks that she's the only one keeping herself alive, right? So there, there is an air of that that goes into this as well. But what it comes down to is currently I am in a season of let me do me and it's working out well for me, surprisingly well even. And I shouldn't necessarily say that because it hasn't been the case from day one. You know, I've now been living alone since October 2019, so almost a year. So I should say that I have grown and gotten used to this. And honestly, now I'm at a point where Sometimes I worry I won't want to live with anyone ever again or be needing to answer to someone more regularly because I'm really enjoying this time to myself. My self-discovery, finding out that I am hella fun and hilarious, which I already knew that part, and a great person to spend time with. And I really enjoy spending time with myself now. These are not words that I thought I would be saying, at least not so soon. But let me not mislead you. This is the trend line, right? Like if you picture a trending line in your mind, I am trending positively. I'm trending upwards. Normally, I love being alone and spending time with myself, but there are also dips in there. There are times when I feel isolated and lonely especially because of COVID. There are times when I wish my situation were different, when I wish I weren't single or that I had kids. Those moments do happen, and they are just that. They are moments. And I'm also very aware, having had all this time and space and the lessons of the past couple years, that a lot of those feelings, I'm still differentiating between which ones are the ones that are indicating to me things that I want, truly, that I want for myself, versus which ones am I conditioned to want and my societal instincts are telling me that I want them. It's important to recognize when you're comparing yourself to others and stop. Refocus on the advantages of your current situation. Express gratitude and acceptance for where you are. And know that there will always be ups and downs regardless of your situation. So all that to say, I have my lonely nights. I have my lonely mornings. I also have a really great time with myself. I have a lot of positive moments of reflection. I have solo dance parties. I have a lot of opportunities for self-coaching. A lot of opportunities to show myself love 
and care and compassion the best way. Because who better to take care of myself than myself? And it's a pleasure, it's a real joy to have this time to be on my own and to really make sure that Noshin, that's me, (laughs) gets everything that she could need or want that is in my power. And I also do all that with the awareness that I am getting myself used to and calibrating myself to expect a certain level of standard that will benefit me in future relationships, whether they be with family, with a romantic partner, with friends, probably not with roommates because I really don't want to do that anymore. And so in this episode, I am very excited to be able to share what I've learned in terms of tips for how you, if you're like I was almost a year ago, how you can learn to enjoy your alone time and be in solitude and be alone without feeling lonely and how to maximize that time. Like I said, even if you're in a relationship, if you're living with someone, alone time is something I strongly believe we all should incorporate regularly to some degree. Also, if you are living with other people and you are in a relationship, you have a different challenge where it can be really easy for you to avoid alone time. And the thing is, alone time is very important. To spend time with yourself is very important to your own level of self-care, self-love, self-worth, which also then directly translates into how you show up in your relationships. If you're living with someone or in a relationship, you have a ready-made excuse to not spend that time on your own, which means you can go on and on and on avoiding yourself, which I do not recommend. So for everyone, I am in favor of finding alone time, finding peace and healing and growth and greater awareness in alone time, learning to enjoy your own company. Let's get into the five ways I'm presenting you with to enjoy being alone, living alone, spending time with yourself, whatever it looks like for you. So number one is choose the right environment. Choose or establish, whether it's a space in your current home that is where you're going to be spending time alone or whether you're outright looking for a new apartment, choose an environment that is going to feel like your sanctuary that is going to feel like you feel safe there, you have peace there, you have enough space. Create a loving space for yourself. Put in special touches. Put in effort to make the space look nice and feel good to you and smell good to you. Whatever that is that gives you the ambiance that makes you feel good in your space and when you're spending time alone. This is something I never really realized was important. I moved around a lot, and so I assumed most places I lived were temporary, and I had a different mindset. I thought, it's just me who lives here. All I really do is sleep here and cook here, and I don't really need to put up art on the walls. I don't really need to get a real-life dresser. This plastic three-bend drawer will work just fine from Target. Now I understand so much more about how your outer environment and your inner world correlate and where self-worth factors into that. That's something I'm sure we'll discuss on a future episode, but for right now, 
The point I want to get across is it's so important to create your space in a way that helps you enjoy your time alone and is an environment where you're going to feel happy. The next way to enjoy and make the most of your alone time is perhaps the biggest one, which is getting to know yourself. That is a huge reason and perk of spending time with yourself. So to bounce off of creating the right environment, one thing you can do is get to know your preferences in home decor. So shop for home decor pieces, furniture pieces that you like, that cater to your tastes. You can do this with home decor, furniture, and honestly with anything. I recommend online window shopping or in-person window shopping, even if all you're doing is browsing and exposing yourself to different pieces, different art, different shoes or clothes, whatever it may be, getting a feel for what you really like. What styles stand out to you? What colors are you drawn to? Why? Why do you like what you like? Why don't you like what you don't like? Getting back in touch with your taste and things or getting in touch for the first time with your taste and things. Being alone gives you the opportunity to not have to think about someone else's preferences, but to just get to know and indulge in your own. This can get lost when we're taking someone else's thoughts into account all the time. And you can apply this to broader things, right? You can do this with what music do you enjoy listening to? What activities do you like? What food do you like to cook for yourself? What kind of eating schedule do you like to follow? Wherever you are with knowing things about yourself, being alone is an opportunity to learn more and fill in the gaps. If you're looking for a starting point on things to do and ways to get to know yourself and even activities to do to explore what you like and don't like, reminder that I have that list for you that I mentioned earlier of all the things you can do in your alone time. It has 50 plus different activities you can try out. Some of them are about self-discovery, some are about self-care, and some of them are just fun. So you can download that list at selfworthedit.com slash alone time. And again, that link is in the show notes. One thing I highly recommend getting in the habit of, and you'll have the opportunity to do this when you're alone with yourself, is to regularly check in with yourself. The same way you would check in with a friend if they were around. So you can ask yourself, what do I feel like doing right now? And then do that thing. What do I want to cook for myself right now? And then cook it. If you're feeling down, what will make me feel better right now? And then do that for yourself. It sounds so simple, but when we're not alone, when we're surrounded by other people or even another person, we tend to fall into checking in with them and not really checking in with ourselves, or we fall into checking in with them first, and then our thoughts and feelings are secondary. Or we don't even make a decision in that case because it's easier to go with the other person's preference. So we become out of touch with our own. This is your opportunity to get in the habit of checking in with yourself and seeing moment to moment in the most simple ways, what do you want to wear today? What perfume do you want to put on today? What coffee mug do you want to use today? Just up-leveling your sense of awareness about even the more routine things that you would do. 
And then the next level of that is thinking strategically about the hobbies, the activities, how you want to spend your free time, really building out a sense of who you are. This is especially applicable to anyone who hasn't had a lot of alone time carved out for themselves in the past. When you're constantly around others, when you have a low sense of self-worth intertwined with that, both things apply to me or have applied to me, you really do lose touch with yourself at these basic levels. You don't think you deserve to have a voice in these things, or you want to people please and make sure that the other people around you have what they need. And it's easier to just keep your voice quiet and not have to make the decision. Whatever it is, this is a real thing. So take the opportunity to check in with yourself more, even when it seems like this is about the most basic thing. Because how we show up in one area of our lives or for something that seems basic is probably how we'll show up for even bigger things as well. If you don't stand for something, including your own preferences, you will fall for anything. You will adapt to what others want of you. And this is how you can lose yourself and lose touch with yourself as a person deserving of their own likes, dislikes, and values. Hi loves, taking a brief break to introduce you to this week's sponsor, Scrumptious Wix. Scrumptious Wix is female founded, owned and operated by Sonia, who creates hand poured soy candles with unique scents inspired by food, family and South Asian culture like ginger and saffron, Indian monsoon and wait for it, even mango lassi. I currently have the lavender and sandalwood one burning and it is absolutely beautiful and so soothing. Scrumptious Wix candles are made from high quality ingredients like vegan soy wax, phthalate free paraben free fragrances, and lead free zinc free cotton braided wicks. Did you know that soy candles also burn cleaner and last longer compared to traditional department store candles? which often contain paraffin, which is actually a petroleum byproduct? Finally, Scrumptious Wicks Candles clean design fits seamlessly into your decor. Definitely something to consider adding to your personal environment, right? You can purchase Scrumptious Wicks Candles from scrumptiouswicks.com and follow at Scrumptious Wicks on Instagram for more. Find links to both in the show notes. Thank you, Scrumptious Wicks, for supporting the self-worth edit. Now, back to the episode. Another part of getting to know yourself is deeper, and this is something we'll talk about on episodes to come. We're talking about it with a few guests on different interviews that are coming up about shadow work, and I talked about it a bit in the therapy episode number three, getting to know your hidden aspects of self, your unhealed parts. The way you know this is getting to know what types of conversations trigger you or upset you, and then what you can do when you're by yourself is find ways to reflect on that, work through that, transform that, heal that, move through that. Finding ways to reflect on yourself and your goals and your past, forming your narrative about who you are, integrating all the different parts of your life through journaling. Time alone is a time to get to know yourself fully and to embrace the parts of yourself that you have neglected. It's learning how to speak to yourself with kindness. If you're someone who avoids spending time with yourself, 
And I want to tell you what this can look like, because this does not just look like having people around or always being in a relationship, even though that is part of it. You can avoid spending time with yourself, even if you're living by yourself and you're single. Here's how. You avoid yourself when you never allow silence. When you always have on the TV or the radio or something you're listening to, some noise outside of yourself that drowns out your own voice in your head, keeping yourself super busy, not taking any time to sit with yourself in quiet and let your own thoughts come up. How do I know this? Obviously, how I know everything I talk about on this experience. When I tell you that I would have Netflix or YouTube playing on my phone as I literally brushed my teeth, as I went to bed, through everything, That was a way for me to silence myself and not hear the parts of myself that were hurting, that needed to be healed because I didn't want to face certain thoughts. I didn't want to deal with the swirling energy in my mind because it was overwhelming. It was a lot and the longer I avoided it, the more it became. Avoiding yourself in this way can also indicate that you may not yet be a safe space for yourself to have those thoughts. If you're constantly drowning out your own inner voice, what that tells you, one thing that that suggests is you're not your own friend yet, that your inner voice is perhaps too critical, too harsh, too negative, rather than one that is positive and affirming and loving of yourself. So both of these areas, I have come a long way in transforming and the way I did it while having the space to be alone, to live alone, And then intentionally creating pockets of silence for myself. To the point where now, when I don't have silence, when too much time goes by without me sitting in silence with myself and meditating or doodling or journaling or whatever that looks like, I crave it. My ears start to feel like there's too much noise coming at them all the time. And I need to just sometimes sit and breathe and not think about anything in silence. And I can do that too because I've actively worked on transforming how I speak to myself. So I know that even when hard stuff comes up, thoughts that are not pleasant, that I maybe don't want to deal with or think about, I know I'll be there for myself. And so having time alone and really working on this relationship with yourself and coming at it with intention is a very productive, healthy use of your time with yourself. And it makes being alone and being in your own company a lot more enjoyable. So that's the second way of how to get to a point where you're enjoying your own company and alone time is really using that time to get to know yourself and actively working on improving that relationship with yourself. A third way to enjoy your alone time and your own company is to focus on the pros of being alone or having alone time. Something my therapist would say to me when I would express fear of being alone forever, back when I was trying to figure out what to do about my marriage, one big fear that held me back from divorce was thinking I would never find anyone else. She would always remind me, if you want a partner, you will find a partner. And so I say this to you, if it applies to you, if you don't want to be alone forever, you won't be. Because you're going to seek out someone, you're going to do the work, you're going to find a partner. This time you have right now with yourself isn't forever. 
Humans struggle with uncertainty, but if you think about this, it allows you to put not necessarily an end date because you don't know when, but it does allow you to know that at some time this period of aloneness will end or look different if you want it to. It will not last forever. And when we don't have things guaranteed forever, they are instantly more precious for us, right? You know, you hear it from people who are in relationships, who are maybe married with kids, who miss their single days, who miss their freedom, who miss their space and time. And you're living that. The grass is greener on the other side, but also the grass is greenest where you water it. So think about all the pros, make a list, and don't make a pros and cons list. We don't need the cons right now. Like, what's the point? Make just a pros list. How fun is that? Good things only, all the benefits and advantages and joys of your situation, of being alone, of having alone time, being single, living alone, carving out time for you, me time. Do you need some help getting that list started? I'm sure you've got it, but in case you do, you only have yourself to take care of. You can wear whatever you want or don't. You can eat whatever, whenever you want. You can listen to whatever you want. You can always choose the channel on the TV. You can work uninterrupted when you're in a state of flow. You can read uninterrupted. You don't have anyone hogging the blankets all night or shifting around and waking you up in the middle of the night and messing up your sleep. You get to make all the creative decisions about the decoration in your space. You get to decide when people are over or not. You get to love on yourself, care for yourself, treat yourself like a queen. You know, pamper yourself. You get to do literally whatever you want. You know, when I think about it, this was my childhood dream, having the house to myself, right? With access to all the snacks and the remote. Like, finding the joy that there is a version of me who this is exactly what she wanted, and here it is. And let me enjoy it if for nothing else than for her sake. And if there are things that you've ever had to sacrifice, whether they be hobbies, a certain style, something you like to collect, or watch or read, take full advantage of bringing that back into your life if it still brings you joy. If your situation is different and it's more about carving out time to spend alone with yourself when you live with other people or are in a relationship, who might be feeling guilty for taking time to yourself, I'm going to tell you to do the same thing. Make a list of the pros, the benefits of taking time to yourself. The more you pour into yourself, the better you are able to show up for your loved one. Maybe you taking time alone for yourself means someone else also feels comfortable taking time alone for themselves when they didn't feel comfortable asking for it. The more you show up for yourself, the more you give those close to you, others in your life, your kids, your partner, your parents, whomever, permission to also take time for themselves, to also prioritize themselves sometimes. You are a role model for what it looks like to be a healthy, well-rounded person who loves and cares about yourself. I don't know why we think, let me self-sacrifice, But of course, everyone else will know they should take care of themselves and put themselves first. That's not how it works, okay? If you are self-sacrificing at every turn, if you're showing that you're just too busy or not important enough to take time for yourself, 
it's more likely the people around you are going to feel too guilty to take time for themselves too. So lead by example. On the flip side, I've heard from those of you who are alone that sometimes it feels unproductive to just be doing your own thing and be catering to yourself. And I recently felt a version of this too. It was the weekend, I had a list of things to do and was watching TV and I didn't have energy. So I was doing everything, like a little bit of everything. And it felt really weird and unproductive. So I checked in with myself and decided, let me put everything away. Let me full on lay down on this couch and just watch TV because clearly my body and my mind need rest. And rest is not unproductive. So what I want you to do, if you start to feel like, oh, I'm being unproductive or I'm being selfish, pause and ask yourself, is this true? Is this a fact or my opinion? Challenge your thoughts, especially the ones that don't make you feel good. Challenge those thoughts the most because a lot of times we are just playing on repeat the same stories we've told ourselves over and over again, even when they're not serving us. So challenge those thoughts, get to a point of truth, get to a point of acceptance, make your list of why it's a great thing to be spending time on your own. Another thing you can do if time with yourself feels unproductive is set yourself goals. What do you want to accomplish for yourself? Even if it's to rest more, if you make a goal for it and plan how you'll get there, if that's what works for you, then add that layer of intention. And now you're actively working towards something, even if it is intentional rest. It's all in how you frame it for yourself. One more thing to consider on this. When something bothers us, let's get in the habit of first uncovering if there's an opportunity to learn something from it. For example, you're spending time alone, thoughts start to come up about how it's a waste of time, you're being unproductive. You pause and notice the thoughts coming up. You knew they would because it's what happens when you carve out time for yourself and here they are. Instead of falling into either finding ways to be productive or feeling guilty about not being productive, ask yourself, is there a lesson here? What could my discomfort around being unproductive be trying to teach me? Could it be showing me that my normal state of being is always rushed or busy or self-sacrificing to the point where taking time for myself, even though I want it and know it's a good thing, feels so off to me? Do I want to continue feeling this way? or practice challenging and changing to the point where it feels more natural to me to take unstructured time for myself. And let me tell you, there's a benefit to having periods of time when you don't have things planned. Think about it. When you are constantly busy with tasks or activities, constantly moving from plan to plan, you're likely in the rut of routine. Your mind and energy are occupied And you're not leaving much space for new ideas to come in. You're not leaving much space for inspiration or different thoughts to come up. Spending time doing nothing sometimes is actually still doing something. It's the practice of opening yourself up for growth and newness. So again, a third way to enjoy that time with yourself is to actively seek out the pros, the advantages, the benefits you're getting, 
and people around you are receiving from you taking that alone time. All right, the fourth way to learn to enjoy your own company and alone time, especially now in the time of this pandemic. And if you're not listening to this in 2020 and you're listening to it in the future and the pandemic is no more, how is that? Can I join you? All right, anyway, especially now, virtual therapy has been an important piece of this for me. Well, two things. I'm just going to put them both in this bucket. Therapy, yes, but also spirituality. My time to connect with myself, to meditate, to pray, to journal, and to listen to spiritually focused podcasts and be in that wave of thinking personally has been transformational. Since even before all of this, through actually making the decision to get my divorce, spirituality and viewing the world from that lens was a big part of what gave me the push I needed to up-level and move forward and transform my life for the better. But I want to focus on here is that if you need help and you need support, especially if you're alone and feeling isolated and trying to make this transition, and you're in the early stages of trying to transition from feeling lonely to cutting through your shadows like we talked about earlier, to finding a way to embrace all parts of yourself, healing your past wounds, that's not necessarily work you want to take on by yourself. I highly recommend you go listen to episode three about common therapy misconceptions if that's holding you back, and I recommend you consider talking with someone. And the reason I recommend a therapist or even a coach rather than a friend or family member is because this person would be an expert who is trained and who is objective, who is not directly affected by your day-to-day decisions. And I think it's really healthy to have that objective viewpoint giving you unbiased advice. So if that's something you're struggling with when it comes to living alone or being on your own or finding peace in silence with yourself is not having any kind of support, then I recommend getting someone else in your corner. And therapy is one good way to do that. Someone who will help you with the reframing to get from more negative thoughts or self-talk to positive. And finally, the fifth way of learning to love your alone time and enjoy your own company is balancing that alone time with maintaining and inviting positive quality relationships into your life. Being alone and being comfortable with yourself and loving your own company does not have to be, should not be, mutually exclusive from having healthy relationships with other people. In fact, by pouring so much time into yourself and getting to know yourself and taking care of yourself, speaking to yourself kindly, learning your preferences, all of this, you will have even better relationships in your life. I understand the concern and have felt it too, where When you're living alone, especially in the light of this pandemic, again, I know I've said it so many times, but it truly is a traumatic event we're all experiencing right now, and we're being extra forced to be on our own. I understand the fear of what if I become somewhat of a hermit? What if I lose the connections and the relationships I currently have with people in my life that are really important to me? These are valid. We can get really into our own worlds right now. And if something really matters to you, you will make time for it and you will prioritize it. 
So be intentional about that. If you need to schedule time with a friend and each time before you leave or hop off the phone, you need to have the next connection point planned in advance and scheduled in advance so it's in your calendar and booked, then do that. Find the mechanisms that work for you. Join a virtual Zoom call. Schedule time to go visit your family. And if you are someone who's thinking, well, I already don't have that many quality relationships in my life. Now I'm alone. And on top of that, there's not much interaction happening in the world. I'm going to become isolated. I don't know what to do. How do I get new relationships in my life? I would say to you, first start by cultivating your existing relationships, even if they are few, and recognize that quality is more important than quantity, even as you get older. And there are still ways to meet new people. There are still ways to meet quality new people. And I'll tell you a couple things that I've been doing. Learning is a big passion of mine and a value of mine. And recently I've been very into personal finance. And so I signed up for a six-week live series where a bunch of us hop on a call and we have someone leading us and we talk about personal finance topics. That's a point of connection for me to other people who value the same thing as me. I'm also a big fan of Bumble BFF. Not so much Bumble, but I have met some really cool people, some great you know, friends through Bumble BFF who we can meet up in a socially distanced way with our masks on and go for a walk in the neighborhood. I also joined a virtual book club. I don't know if I'll stick with it, but I'm, it's making me read the book that's been on my list for a while. But, you know, there are points of connection. There are so many virtual points of connection and even opportunities to meet people in person still there. If you want it, seek it out. This is the year where everyone is now a pro at using virtual software to connect. So take advantage of that. And you can also use this as an opportunity for some housekeeping, you know, in the sense of think about the relationships in your life you care about, that you want to preserve, put some energy there, find balance, let go of the ones that aren't serving you. What worked for me personally was taking a lot of alone time in the beginning stage of my time being alone to really pour into myself, learn about myself. And now I'm continuing to do that. But as I've become more firm in that, Then I started to get antsy to branch out and meet more people. And so I've taken steps to do that. And honestly, having this time and space to myself and learning myself, loving myself to the point of setting better boundaries and standards, I now actually feel empowered when it comes to making those new connections with people or even cultivating existing ones, because I know I have my own back. I know I'm more protective of my space and energy and time, and I'm a good home to myself. So I know I'm better set up to have more fulfilling relationships that will further reflect my improved relationship with myself. So that is what I have for you today. If you're looking for things to do in your own company, ways to spend time with yourself, new activities to try, ways to reflect and get to know yourself. A reminder, your final one, that I do have that list for you. You can download it at selfworthedit.com slash alone time. And the link again is also in the show notes. I would love to hear what you try if you do download that list. Remember, this time is a gift. Whether it's a gift you have been given by circumstance or a gift you're taking for yourself by carving out alone time, it is a gift. Treat it as such. Take advantage of it. Make it mean something and honor yourself and your relationship with yourself. 
prioritize getting to know the wonderful person you are. If and when you are at home with yourself and in yourself, you are less likely to ever feel lonely, even in solitude. If you are disconnected from yourself and outside of yourself and don't really know yourself, you might find yourself feeling like the loneliest person ever, even if you're in a room surrounded with people. So take the time to be with yourself and learn to enjoy your own fun, inspiring, hilarious, loving company. Sending you so much love. I hope you have a wonderful week ahead and we will connect back soon. Bye.